Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our rapid review of round five this morning. Uh, we'll be doing a deeper dive on the Bloke in a Bar podcast, which will be available later today on his platform, or you can wait till tomorrow and, and listen to each game uh, on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We'll break it down for you, make it a little bit easier. But a uh, good round five, really enjoyed it. Some cracking games. We're starting to see uh, the teams from last year probably elevate themselves once again. The gap isn't as big as what it was last year, but you are sort of start to see uh, the teams that we anticipated at the start of the season sort of start to come to the front again, which, um, you know, I still don't think these bottom teams are that far out of the contest. And I think a few of them have been unlucky with injuries and whatnot. Uh, we did a deep dive on defense at the end of round five earlier this morning. So go back and have a listen to that on the Rugby League Guru podcast. If you haven't already, some really interesting numbers and some telling numbers uh, surrounding your team. Uh, I'll just go through my team of the week really quickly, which we will announce on Bloke and a Bar later today. But just to give you guys an insight, fullback, I went Clint Gutherson on the wings. I went Mulatalo and Corey Oates. In the centers, Joey Manu and Katoni Staggs. I went Sammy Walker as my six. Jerome Hughes as my seven. Payne Haas up front with Jared Rea. Hargraves, Damian Cook in the nine. I went Aitken and Coleman Tungy in the second row with Isaiah Yo locking the scrum at 13. My bench, Nico Hines, Mitch Moses, Isaiah Papali'i and Fafita from the Gold Coast Titans. So a few players there from losing sides, but I thought they had really strong games. Uh, let's move into the games. And on Thursday night, we saw the Newcastle Knights uh, lose to the Manly Seagulls 30-6. to six. Uh, Torrential conditions up there. Uh, the the Saifidi brothers didn't really start this game in the fashion they would have liked, obviously, in these sort of conditions. You've really got to hold the ball as hard as that is. They opened up the door for Cherry Evans and Foz to do their thing. I thought the Knights were unlucky. Obviously, the try to Dom Young got taken off them very early. thought it was a really good ball from KP. And whilst it was simple, it was direct. It was it was in the rain. It was a really good ball. Uh, Kieran Foreman, with his experience, though, took a bit of a dive. Uh, but... 
you know, it, it, it sort of turned that game on its head for the Manly Seagulls. And the Knights, after that, it just it got ugly. Uh, there was a drop ball by Ponga that went into a penalty that then they conceded the first try to Andrew Davies. So uh, a pretty grim moment there. A grim few minutes. KP went from throwing this great pass that would have set up the first try and put the Knights on the front foot to dropping that ball, penalty, going down the other end, scoring that try. Then, of course, he went off with an injury. They lost Dominic Young as well. So life isn't easy for the Newcastle Knights at the moment. We mentioned it on Friday when Dylan Walker came into this game. Uh, the the intensity just lifted for the Manly Seagulls. He looked great, put on a try for Davey. Had, had a couple of drop balls later in the game, Dylan Walker, but he was sensational. KP came back in the second half, had a couple of nice touches. Wasn't quite enough to get uh, Newcastle back into the contest. But uh, if the hooker would have grounded that ball, I think it could change a little bit, to be honest with you. So... Yeah, uh, a, a, an interesting one, an interesting game. But, yeah, Manly Seagulls, the better team here, I thought. I thought Newcastle were a little bit unlucky. I also thought some of the decisions uh, that they came up with in this game weren't ideal. There was a kick on four tackle from KP, a grubber into touch, and just a few other things in this game didn't quite make sense to me. They did lose players in this game, though, which really hurt the Newcastle Knights, and I think it's going to hurt them over the next few weeks. They're in a really interesting position now. They've lost three games in a row. They've got tough opposition. I think they've got the Dragons at Wollongong this week, which they're a desperate team. That won't be an easy game for Newcastle. No game in Wollongong is an easy one. And then I forget who it is. I think it might be the Melbourne Storm and Parramatta, two really tough away games. So hopefully for the Newcastle Knights, uh, 2-0 doesn't turn into 2 and six, which I think there's a world where it could. So fingers crossed they can turn it around. I don't think the Newcastle Knights are as bad side as they've been the last three weeks. Obviously, three 13-plus losses, but there have been injuries and simbins that have really impacted those games, in my opinion, and send-offs of course. So, not riding Newcastle off, but they're probably starting to look more like the team that I thought they'd be this year. But as I said, there's been a lot of reasons why they've been losing games. So, Manly, they're starting to get back into their groove. Uh, I'm not sure if they're quite back to where they were last year. But to do that without Tom Travojevic, to do that without Cooler as well, who was going to come in and replace him, thought it was pretty good. Uh, Chez came up with a couple of rogue decisions. A good game from him, but... I mean, the kick out of his own 10 in the pissing rain. The winger wasn't even out of position. I'm not really sure what the thinking uh, was there. And it was very lucky that Randall knocked it on the exact next set because that would have really made them pay for that. Uh, the late, the Thursday early game, the Warriors 25 of the Cowboys 24. Really enjoyed this one. A lot, of, a lot of positives to take out of this game for both sides. I think drink water. He has to be in this side. I think you have to find a spot for Hammer somewhere else. We mentioned this last week. Drinkwater, he can beat you in more ways than what Hammer can. Hammer might be quicker, and that's all good and well, but Drinkwater, he, he can beat you with his hands. He can beat you with his feet. He can run over the top of you. He's a strong little bastard, and he's a goer. He's always alive on every play. If you could put Drinkwater's awareness into the Hammer, you've got one hell of a footballer. Personally, I think Drinkwater has to be in this team, and I think you can play the Hammer elsewhere in the back line and get the very best out of him. I thought Drinkwater's game was sensational, minus the poor communication on the Nicarima try. That was very disappointing. Uh, obviously, when you are playing fullback, you need to be talking a lot in D, and he really let that short side loose. He obviously had Nanai next to him, who he should know is an, is an inexperienced back rower who struggles with his read, so he needs to be talking a lot more. But that'll be a lesson that he will learn. Realistically, for the Cowboys, they've been a really good defensive side so far this year. They've conceded the fourth least amount of points, so they're doing very well. You take out that try, and then you take out the soft one they conceded to Josh Curran as well. It's a different game of football. 
football. But it is what it is. The Cowboys, they will, um, yeah, they'll watch that one on the tape and they'll be very disappointed to lose this one. For the Warriors, I thought Ewan Aitken was sensational for them. Scored the try at the end, which was great. Well-deserved. Sean Johnson was unreal. And, uh, you know, we, we pointed it out last week. The decoy that Adam Fanua Blake is running, getting on the inside shoulder of uh, guys that are actually getting the ball, it's just proving to be so lethal. We saw Jesse Arthur score off it last week. Uh, and then we saw Ewan Aitken score off it this week. So the way they're using AFB, very good. He won't get any stats for it. It won't appear on any stat sheet. But what he's doing at the moment is very, very impressive. I thought Tommy Dearden was very strong as well. I want Drinkwater in this side, but I can't possibly put him in the halves at the moment. It has to be at fullback because the halves are doing very well. Dearden looks great. As, uh, despite them losing, I thought he had a really good performance. Uh, Ruben Cotter, our boy, 50 minutes. 13 runs, 150 metres, 50 post contact, one line break, three tackle breaks, 33 tackles. Uh, this is why we sort of back him as an origin smoky. He's just got to keep his body together, which will be his biggest test. Not a heat to take out of this game for both these sides. This will be a loss that the Cowboys will look back on and um, and really regret some poor defensive decisions they made in this game. But the Warriors, all things considered, wins a win, take it, move on. Um, yeah, not too much to take out of both those sides realistically. Just interesting with Drinkwater, we mentioned it last week, he plays the Raiders in the top the next two weeks. These are two teams that I think the Cowboys can beat, and I think they can score some points against. So uh, I think Drinkwater's going to put some real pressure on Hammer to keep that one jersey. Late game on Friday night, so the Brisbane Broncos get done by the Roosters by four points. Uh, great start from Brisbane. They were absolutely dominating the Roosters through the chook, uh, through the middle, dominating the Chooks through the middle. They looked very good. Um, Katoni Staggs, he was sensational. you got to remember as well that in his first few touches, he broke the line and, th- and threw a pass inside that went forward. So, I mean, if, if he gets that try, this game could have gone in a different direction. And that's sort of what's happened with Staggs so far this season. He had a disappointing start when that happened because it should have been a try as it has been the last few games, but then he bounced back and just blew it away. Uh, He was so good. He was the best player on the field in the first half by a country mile. I know a lot of people have got stuck into Paul Momorowski after that game. I think that would have happened to the vast majority of centers. I don't think that that's a Momorowski problem. I think it just shows how good Katoni Staggs is. Momorowski, normally a great defensive center, but he just he had his hands full that, that evening. So I'm not going too heavy on him, but great to see Katoni back smiling. I thought the guy outside him had a great game as well, Selwyn Cobbo. Some of the things he did, I said on Instagram that I felt like that moment where he got it in the in goals and he managed to get out of his in goals uh, in a moment that he probably shouldn't have. He wouldn't have done that in the last few weeks and it was sensational. I think that might have been the moment where he sort of looked around and went, fuck first grade is where I belong. Second half was all Joey Manu. Good God he was unbelievable. Him out of dummy half is lethal. I don't know if we've seen a centre that's better out of dummy half uh, than Joey Manu. The next best, probably Hodge, uh, 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 Hodges. He was unbelievable, Hodjo. Uh, and I think Joey Manu is getting very similar. I'm, I'm very keen to see. Obviously, Kempi played a lot with Hodjo and his good mates with him, so I'll be keen to see what he thinks of that comparison. But whenever Joey Manu's at dummy half, he's just near impossible to stop. He's like Brandon Smith. It's just so hard. I thought Sam Walker had a huge second half. He was great. Really starting to come of age, Sammy Walker, to kick that goal as well in Brisbane. A big moment for the kid. Um, yeah, I, I think the Roosters showed... You know, the, the Broncos were on top. The Broncos forwards were getting over the Roosters. A couple of mistakes. There was a moment where Victor Radley sort of dropped the ball at the back end and just shows the Roosters they just don't panic. They just trust the process. They get through the game. Brisbane played well. Brisbane didn't deserve to lose that game, in my opinion, but the Chooks just shows the sort of system they are. A great example of just hanging in the contest. Complete your sex. Can complete your sets, kick long, trust the process, just no panic from them. So just shows the sort of side the Roosters are. But Brisbane, they're heading in the right direction, no doubt about that. Uh, Super Saturday kicked off with the Storm down in the Canberra Raiders, 30-16. to 16. Look, I didn't really think uh, the Storm were overly impressive. They're so far from their best, it's not even funny. But 
the Melbourne Storm, they're one of those sides that they can play poorly and win and win by 14, which is a pretty good knock. Raiders, they're just hit and miss. They just make too many errors um, for how, how their attack is. I thought there was a couple of kicks there that were pretty disappointing too at really poor times. Jack White and Starling put a few dead. That really did cost them. They're such big momentum swings. You've got to get that stuff sort of right. They did lose Matty Tomoko at one point. He went off, so it shook up their back line a little bit, which was disappointing. Um, I thought Ryan Sutton that came in, he was pretty strong for them. I can't believe he hasn't been in the side all year. They also carried Frawley on the bench. I don't think they used him. I'm not sure if they can afford to carry someone that they're not using. I understand that he can cover hooker, 5'8", halfback. I get that, but I just think you need someone that's, that they, they can do a little bit more there and maybe an extra forward or maybe a forward that can sort of ball play a little bit. You have got Elliot Whitehead in this side. He can cover a few positions. He could come, he could come into the halves and you'd be okay. So, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's a bit of a wasted spot, but uh, we'll let Ricky Stewart do Ricky Stewart things. Um, I thought for Melbourne, Harry Grant, that first try that he scored was unreal. You can see straight away that Harry Grant looked up, saw there was one marker. He knows that, you know, when, 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 when you're defending, your first marker always goes to the open side. Your second marker always goes to the short side. He addressed that straight away. He obviously knew that the marker didn't know there, there wasn't a second marker, so he knew that space would be there. Great ruck recognition from Harry Grant. That's just that's just how he understands the game. Great vision. Not many hookers uh, would recognise that that quickly, but Harry Grant did it easy. Jerome Hughes, he's been a, a bit quiet for the last few weeks. Uh, came out with a few poor plays against the Parramatta Eels a few weeks ago that I, I think in his head would have thought it cost them the game. Great to see him bounce back, scoring a try at the end that only Jerome Hughes can nail in the coffin sort of stuff. So, yeah, look, Melbourne, I think they've got so much more improvement in them. I think the Raiders, they're better than what they showed the other day. Tough coming up against the Melbourne Storm, I understand that. But, uh, yeah, Canberra, I just I can't really get a read on them. Melbourne, they, they'd look as as disappointing as they... They weren't disappointing, they just weren't at their best. Um, so, so much more upside in them over the next few weeks. All right, let's move to Super Saturday 5.30. We have the South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, Dragons very flat early. Just so, so predictable. Um, ben Hunt, he's, he's mesmerizing. He's just, he looks so good, but... He had 80 touches of the football. He had the most touches of the football out of anyone else that wasn't a hooker for the entire weekend. And as good as Hunt is, it just makes him a little bit predictable. I, th- I thought they looked much better when Amon came on the field. He set up a try at the back end. I, I can't believe he's not the six. I think he has to come back in. And if I'm Ben Hunt, I think I have to say something to Hook and say, I, I need this guy next to him. Jack Bird is a very good footballer. I love Jack Bird, but he's not a six. And I don't think he's helping Ben Hunt enough. Uh, to have 80 touches at halfback, it's, it's like... It's like like when the Manly Seagulls come a, become a little bit predictable because it's all through DCE. They, they need different points of attack. And I, I think Amon has to come into this side. Damien Cook, he was unreal um, at the start of the game. He ran a lot. He was great. Very good game from Damien Cook. Back to the cookie that we sort of know and love from the last few years. Dragons, they did get unlucky. I mean, there was a play there early where Lomax should have set up a try for Jack Bird. Sort of bombed that one. Could have been a different game then, but... You know, you, you, you can't afford against a good team like South Sydney to let opportunities slip like that. It's happened a few times against South now. The Dragons did it. The the, um, the Broncos did it a few weeks ago too. And if those plays would have gone in a different way, way the result could have been a, a little bit different against South. But they lost Latrell Mitchell, which is a huge loss. Uh, but personally, and this will probably sound a little bit rogue, Blake Taft coming in actually made Lachlan Ilias a lot more comfortable. They've played a lot of footy together. They're really good mates. And I think it'll actually be good for the development of Ilias. And then when you see Latrell Mitchell, Mitchell return. 
I think the team might be better for it, to be honest with you. A, a little silver lining there. Um, Ilias, I th- he was my player of the game here. He was sensational. Uh, he, he's running a lot more. The first you know, major run he took, Colo got it from dummy half and scored on the next play. Ilias doesn't get a try assist for that, but he should. Uh, the next one, he put Colum and Tungy through a half hole. He was able to offload. They scored off the back of that. And then he set up the last try. So for me, that's essentially three tries for, for Lachlan Ilias. They only scored four tries. So a great game from him. He's starting to get really confident. And this is what happens when you let halves gel and you let them stay in the contest for a while. Keep an eye on him and Blake Taff over the next few weeks. Going to be a combo that's worth watching. Late game on Saturday night, Titans 20, Eels 26. Uh, Parramatta, the halves are just unbelievable. I thought Gutho was great as well. I think Papali'i and Madison, they have to be the starting back rowers moving forward. Parramatta in attack, they look unreal. They're scintillating. They're unlucky not to score more points here, uh, but they're still conceding a lot of points. The Titans, they scored 20 points this week. They've played the Titans twice this season. They've conceded almost 50 points against them, so I think just over 50, actually. So that's... That, that's not good enough. The Titans, they might be a top eight team at the end of the season, but I'm not convinced if they will be. So they need to be doing better against these sides. We saw, we spoke about it earlier today in the stats deep dive, the defense, it is so important to winning premierships. And if Parramatta are in the serious business of winning premierships, they need to sort out their D. Reid Marnie, he played less minutes than what I anticipated, which I thought was strange. You've got... Um, you got Mitch Rain coming on the field and taking minutes off him. I, d- I just don't know if this is a move I'd be making. I I, I think that Reed needs to stay on for longer minutes, personally. Regan Campbell-Gillard, he was unreal. I think Kempi put up a thing about him potentially playing his way back into New South Wales Blues form. And it's hard to argue with. He looks great at the moment. In a, in a pack that's going very well, Regan Campbell-Gillard, he's been the standout for a couple of weeks now. We had the junior Paulo Winston. It looks like he could get one to two weeks. Pretty tough one here, sort of bounced off the shoulder of AJ Brimson. Um, Yeah, not a great moment, but yeah, I don't know. We'll talk more about that one on Bloke in a Bar this week. For the Titans, uh, I thought Mo Fodawaka was really good. A lot of metres through the middle. He's got a really quick play the ball too, and I think that the Titans need to work more off playing off the back of him. Go Mo Fodawaka into a Tino, in, into a Dave Fafita. He can really trouble a lot of sides. Fafita scored a good try, but... He picked the ball up from dummy half and ran 30 metres, that under eight sort of stuff. I want to see them utilise him. I just, I don't understand what the Titans do all week, how they are. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Just aiming entire sets at putting their million-dollar man in the best position that they possibly can. It just confuses me. Um, I thought the Titans halves, that they, they were good, but um, they had to make 40 tackles between them, which will be their reality. The good teams will make them tackle all day. Um, they And, you know, I, I think you could tell they're a little bit tired. Combined, they made 40 tackles, but also combined, they ran for under 60 metres, which is very disappointing from those two. You need to see more out of them. Uh, AJ still had two tries, which, which I thought was really handy, handy. But as I said, you want to see him run more. Titans, I think that's their worst loss by six points so far this season. So they're there and thereabouts. It's just that little bit of experience that they probably lack in these big games. But um, that's the that's the road that the Titans have taken. It will, play, it will pay dividends down the road. Um, they will be an experienced side soon and all these all, all these close losses to good teams 
they're learning lessons every week and they're heading in the right direction, the Titans. Uh, we had the Sharks taking on the Tigers yesterday afternoon. Sharks won this one 30-4. Uh, pretty disappointing game for the Tigers. Took an intercept on the last play, essentially, to get to four. They were probably lucky to be on zero. They just looked awful in attack. There was nothing doing. Hines and Moylan were on fire. I thought... There was a couple of moments there that sort of summed up the Tigers for me. There was one where Mulatalo, they were defending on their try line and he went through in the corner and he ran all the way around under the sticks. I don't understand how he got that far around with his hand in the air celebrating and you know, every single Tigers player was eight metres away. I don't know how they didn't get in his face or anything. It just, I don't know, they just look like a defeated bunch, bunch at the moment. There was another one where Mulatalo pushed Garner over the sideline and he pushed him and he shoved him and he laughed in his face and Garner sort of st- stood up to stand up for himself and looked around and, mate, there was no Tigers within a mile of him. None of, none of them came in to help him. They just looked like a bunch that they're not there for each other at the moment. They just, they, they look like they didn't want to be there. I think there probably has to be a change with Luke Brooks now. I just don't think it's working. I think that Jacko has to come back in and be the seven. They lack direction. And personally, I'd be looking at going um, Jackson Hastings with Jock Madden. Hearing rumours that Hastings could play 13, I haven't spoken about him, I've spoken to him about this, but I just, oh, fuck, I don't understand how that could possibly be the conclusion that Madge has come to after watching the Tigers without him for three weeks. That blows me away. He has to be the seven. It's plain and simple. So, fingers crossed he comes back into it. But yeah, Tigers think they're, they're in for a tough trot this year. Sharkies, they look great. Um, you know, really impressive performances from Nakora. I thought Talakai was good again, but their spine is just unreal. Just a, a quiet game from Blake Braley, but he was still solid. I think Nico Hines, he has to be up there with you know, competing, if not my favourite to take out of Dally M this year. I know that Isaiah Yo has been sensational, but Isaiah Yo's in a system that has already established, um, you know, he's, he's played his role in there perfectly. What Nico Hines has done and how quickly he's made this Shark side gel together and how good they look, he's been so impressive to me. I love watching him play, and he's bringing out the best in Moiser, which is the most impressive thing. I thought Jesse Raymond was really strong too, a strong game. Mulatalo was great. A moment that he got out of his in-goals when he really shouldn't have, similar to the Selwyn Cobo play a few weeks ago. Just shows where the Tigers are at for me. Um, yeah, Sharkies, they're a to- I think that they've got the best defensive record in the NRL right now, and their attack is absolutely humming. They're going to be very hard to beat this year, the Sharkies. I'm looking forward to seeing them take on the Penrith Panthers. Hopefully that's in the next few weeks in the Melbourne Storm and these sort of sides. Last game of the week, Dogs 12, done by the Panthers, 32, 32-12 to the Penrith Panthers. That left side for the Panthers is electric. We put up yesterday that. The left side for the Panthers has scored the first try in every game this season. Isaac Tago scored the first try, went upstairs, it was taken off him. Then a few sets later, later Taylor May scored. So we got the W there. I took Targo, unfortunately. Hopefully you guys took May on that one. Um, the Dogs look, looked really good in attack, I thought. I think that Kyle Flanagan, it was a successful move. They might not have won, but they looked heaps better with him. I thought that Flano's defense, as per usual, was really good. I know a lot of people want to paint Flano with this brush that he can't tackle uh, based on a few missed tackles at the Roosters. But I think when you actually look at his stats from those games, if you actually just watch him instead of listening to the media bark about Flano, a lot of those times he would make 35 tackles and he'd miss two and you'd focus on the two that he missed. He's a good defender, Flano. He stands up. You saw what he did yesterday to Jerome Luai and, and and a couple of other good defensive plays. I thought he was great. I think they looked more controlled with him. They looked like they had some direction in their game as well. Playing the Penrith Panthers, who are undefeated and one of the best sides we've seen in years, I thought they did really well. Nathan Cleary looked back to his normal self. He was playing really well. His defense is unbelievable. His defense is so fucking good. It's crazy. 
I've said it for a long time and people push back on it every time, but he he's as good he's an as good defensive half as Joey and Freddie were. He's incredible. Coming back from a sh- shoulder Rico or whatever it was to do that, very impressive. Burton, I thought he was good for Canterbury. Uh, they're heading in the right direction. That 40-20 for him was unbelievable. Absolutely love seeing that. Um, yeah, look, I think Canterbury, they are heading in the right direction. Uh, tough team to go up against. It doesn't get any easier next week. I think they play Melbourne or the Chooks. I, I think it's the Roosters they play next week. Uh, and, I mean, at the end of the day, Matt Dufty couldn't have had a worse game if he tried. Before people jump on and bag Matt Dufty, he's having a great season. Yeah, he had a poor game. But you've always known that this is who Dufty is. He's always had this game in him. He's probably always going to have this game in him realistically. But he's been really good to start the season. So, hopefully, they don't make another Canterbury decision and rush him out of the side after a bad performance. He'll be good for it. He's not the first guy to get dusted by Nathan Cleary's boot, realistically. Uh, so, yeah, j- j- just be patient with Duft. He's getting better. Some of the tries Canterbury scored were really good. Uh, obviously, the the one that the Joe Stimson scored, the hands from Avarillo at centre, sensational. And this is the sort of shit that Avarillo can do. He isn't an established ball player. He isn't an organising guy. He's an instincts guy who's got supreme skills off the top of his head. That pass to to put Josh Adokar away, to give back to Simpson, unreal stuff. So Canterbury heading in the right direction. I, I, I know I keep saying it, but I don't want to be negative on them because they are heading in the right direction. They are doing good things. Penrith, uh, just doing Penrith things. The, the the moment that stood out to me was the Liam Martin try. Cleary jumped into first receiver. Isaiah Yo played the halfback role. They, they switched roles just off the top of their heads, and it was just like clockwork. It was unbelievable how they just did it so perfectly when they swapped roles. That just shows where they're at. Shout out to Eisenhuth. I thought he was great yesterday. Had a try assist at the back end of the game, and he's always had this in him, a, a bit of subtle ball playing. I love Eisenhuth. I think he's been criminally underutilized. He's entire career and whilst I don't think he'll be properly utilised at the Penrith Panthers because they've got such a good side fuck it's good how he can just come in and play the way that he plays commentators mentioned it yesterday that uh, Ivan Cleary is getting the very very best out of his young inexperienced and probably guys that aren't getting paid as much you look at Mitch Kenny you look at Eisenhuth Taylor May Targo these sort of guys Charlie Staines he's getting the very best out of all these guys and it's a sign of a really good system and really good coaching Sean O'Sullivan when he came in he's been a journeyman his entire career absolutely brained it for them at halfback so Penrith they are going along very very nicely. They're going to be very hard to beat this year. Uh, Defensively, they look great. In attack, they look unreal and I still don't feel like we're seeing the very best out of the Penrith Panthers, which is a pretty scary prospect. Guys, that is our rapid roundup from round five, our rapid review. Uh, Stay tuned. We've got a podcast dropping late today, a Supercoach Draft podcast with Nutty from the Weekly Rubdown, a deep dive into his team so far this year, where he's made his mistakes, where he's kicked his goals, etc, etc. If you like your Supercoach Draft, make sure you tune into that one you'll really like it, a deep dive into his side. Just to give you an idea of how we how we play draft and how we think about our sides and everything, I'll have my one coming on Tuesday. I think me and Natty are going to sit down and go through my side uh, and how it's played out for me. So really looking forward to that one this afternoon and then plenty more content coming from the Bloke in a Bar podcast over the next 24 hours. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.